This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hi folks, welcome to NASCAR America. Lee Diffie alongside Parker Kligerman. While in Burton's Garage in North Carolina is Kelly Stavist and Steve Latart. They're here for a big Wednesday show. Parker, Steve, I think this is the first time that Kelly Stavist has actually been in Burton's Garage. This is a big deal. Well, she didn't get the memo. I'm not sure who wears white to a race shop, <laughs> but she wore white to a garage. But uh, welcome. Welcome to uh, Burton's you. Garage. I, I do have to say it's the first time I've ever stood on a toolbox uh, to do a TV show. But, uh, yeah, it didn't grow six inches. I have um, a <laughs> little help here today. Well, good. We'll get back to you guys in just a moment. Hey, and speaking of Wednesdays, usually Dale Earnhardt Jr. features on the program. But as many of you know, Dale and wife Amy are currently settling in with their newborn daughter. So let's kick things off with the news of the day. It's not exactly positive news. That is NASCAR's indefinite suspension of Xfinity Series driver Spencer Gallagher, who earned his first career win last weekend at Talladega. This morning, NASCAR announced that Gallagher had violated the sport's substance abuse policy. Gallagher has agreed to enter its Road to Recovery program, which is required before he can be eligible to race again. No timetable has been set for the 28-year-old's return to competition, but he is expected to miss several races. Following the announcement of the suspension, Spencer Gallagher himself issued this statement. I recently have had a positive result in a NASCAR drug screen which has violated NASCAR's substance abuse policy. I want to assure everyone in the NASCAR community this one-time error in judgment will never happen again. I'm taking the steps to enrol in the Road to Recovery program supported by NASCAR. I would like to say that I am sorry to all of the GMS organisation for my actions, especially my team and my team owner who have worked so hard this year and have put faith in me. I also want to apologise to NASCAR, Chevrolet and my fans for letting them down. I have not upheld the behaviour that is expected of me. I promise you all here and now I will do whatever it takes to make this right. Gallagher's family-owned team, GMS Racing, issued this statement from team president Mike Beam. GMS fully supports NASCAR's policy on substance abuse and we do not condone this type of behaviour. First and foremost, our entire organisation wants to apologise to NASCAR, our sponsors, teammates and fans due to this policy violation. A substitute driver will be announced at a later date. Now, for more, we welcome NBCSports.com's Nate Ryan. Nate, thanks for your time. This kind of really takes all the shine off Spencer's first Xfinity Series victory last weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, it really does, Lee. And as you mentioned, a NASCAR spokesman told me that Spencer Gallagher will miss multiple races because of the suspension. And when he returns, Gallagher won't be granted a waiver to make the Xfinity playoffs. You have to attempt to qualify for every race to be playoff eligible. And this suspension will ensure he won't meet that criteria. So four days after his first career win that should have qualified him for the Xfinity playoffs, Spencer Gallagher learned today he can't run for a title 
when he returns to the track, which presumably would be later this season. Now, Gallagher's absence, Lee, also means that his absence at Dover this weekend also means he won't be eligible for the Dash for Cash promotion that he qualified for at Talladega. Gallagher will be be replaced by Ryan Sieg in the $100,000 Dash for Cash Xfinity promotion at Dover. Yeah, and you can see there that most recent tweet from Ryan Sieg. Hate the circumstances, but just got word from NASCAR, we are in the Dash for Cash at Dover. This is a big deal for our team. Nate, look, I think on a general level, sports fans are perhaps more familiar or used to drug testing in other sports, but not necessarily so in NASCAR. It's not something that surfaces all that often. Do you know when Gallagher was tested? Has NASCAR released information as to what the substance was or any other details? Uh, We don't know, Lee, and we probably won't know. Primarily for legal reasons, NASCAR doesn't say when the test was done or what the substance in question was. In its release about today's news, NASCAR did specify that when it learned of a positive positive test with Gallagher, and that was yesterday, May 1st, was when they were informed that Gallagher had tested positive. If the test were done according to normal timing, that probably means it was done last weekend. And as far as uh, the NASCAR substance abuse policy, Lee, every driver must do a preseason drug test in order to get licensed. And then during the season, there is random drug testing done for all members on every race weekend. But NASCAR also can test you at its discretion as well. It's just such a massive fall from grace because so many people were celebrating his victory last weekend. As Gallagher mentioned in his statement, he's fully cooperating with NASCAR and will engage in the Road to Recovery program. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what what does that process involve? Surely, uh, the Road to Recovery, that's NASCAR's term for the program necessary for a suspended member to complete the process to get their license back. And NASCAR sets the terms and conditions for reinstatement of a, suspended, of a suspended member's license. And it starts with a substance abuse professional doing an evaluation. And then they create a plan that could include counseling or treatment or rehabilitation. And so the member has to go through that plan. They'll continue to be drug tested during the completion of that plan. And once that is completed, that road to recovery is done. And the uh, NASCAR's terms and conditions have been met then the member would be eligible to be considered for reinstatement of a NASCAR license. If there is something of a positive to take away from this for Spencer Gallagher, is that if you want to use the AJ Armendinger situation as an example, he's the most recent driver example of this, and AJ completed the Road to Recovery program, and as we all know and have witnessed, has since enjoyed a healthy career as a cup driver. Yeah, that is really the, the positive that they can take from this is that A.J. Elmendinger was suspended on July 24th, 2012. He immediately entered the road to recovery at that time. He was reinstated September 18th by NASCAR, so it took just under two months for A.J. Elmendinger to complete that road to recovery. Every case is unique and special, and each plan would be different and probably of varying duration, uh, but it normally takes, I've been told by NASCAR, about you know, several weeks at a minimum to complete the road to recovery, however long is necessary to help the person involved. And NASCAR really stressed that today. They wanted to say that this isn't a gotcha moment of any sort here with Spencer Gallagher. The focus for NASCAR and Spencer Gallagher now turn completely to helping Gallagher take the steps to complete the road to recovery and get the help necessary to get back to racing. Yes, indeed. Nate, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for the update. Yep, I appreciate it, Lee. Thanks. And, folks, we will keep you up to date on this story with uh, all the information whenever it comes out, and you can keep up with all the latest news 
in NASCAR, just go to nbcsports.com slash NASCAR. And up next on the show, we'll turn our attention back to the Monster Energy Cup Series. What are the biggest takeaways from the first 10 races and what can we make of the new faces in new places? Plus, with a stop at the Monster Mile, will we see a familiar name back in victory lane? NASCAR America continues. Stick around. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. The race for the Triple Crown begins with the most exciting two minutes in sports. This year's field is completely stacked for the Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. I know I'll be watching when covered begins Saturday at noon Eastern on NBCSN and 2.30 Eastern on NBC. It's all part of the NBC Sports Championship season presented by Canada Dry. Now a couple of our NASCAR colleagues, NASCAR America colleagues, that's Carolyn Mano on, on the left there looking gorgeous as usual at last year's Derby. And then Rutledge Wood in um, a very typical Rutledge like outfit. He borrowed that jacket for me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't Listen. think they got the same invite, guys. <laughs> no, right. I, I actually saw Rutledge here in Charlotte last night and he's up the ante for this year. He's oh, got full dear. custom oh. suits. Yeah, so if no other reason to tune in, it's to see what Rutledge Wood will be wearing. I think that's another pool. Pick a horse <laughs> and the color of the outfit. <laughs> This is a tough transition, but let's take a shot at it anyway. Yesterday at Indianapolis, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Danica Patrick completed a refresher test to start her preparation for this month's Indianapolis 500, the final race of her career. Now, her fastest lap yesterday was at some 218 and a half miles per hour in the GoDaddy Chevy for Ed Carpenter Racing. She was back in the car today for a manufacturer's test, and our own Kevin Lee caught up with her. So what was it like the first few laps yesterday? Absolutely horrible. Yeah, I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> I felt like uh, I felt like all my workout efforts have not really um, been helpful because I couldn't turn the wheel because it was so heavy. So um, anyway, that's been much that's much better today. So I said I wanted to get yesterday over with so that I could get on with the job and get comfortable and um, you know start to you know really feel the car and just work through simple changes. So that's kind of what we've done today. I mean, I the yellow came out when I first went out. Um, I went out past the start finish line, lifted and won, then was flat out through three and four, and then the yellow came out so I was like feeling really good right off the bat so as soon as I went back out was flat out and have been since so feel like home um, well it does because I'm staying at my parents house <laughs> so that all that really helps the feeling like you're at home um, you know she's helping feed my dogs and make me dinner and all those kinds of things so um, uh, no it, it it always feels like home here at Indy the track feels so familiar everything from the walk to and from pit lane I mean just it's yeah, I'm just waiting for the Alley Cats to show up, basically. <laughs> so a year ago, it was Fernando Alonso. This year, it is Danica Patrick at the Brickyard. Uh, causing Her usual positive self. Yeah, causing quite the stir, and, and, and in, a, in a good way. Um, what does it mean to you to see Danica back? At the 500 just to, to cap off her career well I think it's great for her I mean obviously it's where she really made a name for herself many years ago and she went out there and led those laps and do what she did and, and really you know broke those glass barriers for women in motorsports which was a great thing and I think it's cool that she's getting to do these large marquee races to end the career to kind of put close the book on the whole thing look and speaking of IndyCar and I know that you've heard us talk about this before but very exciting times for all of us here in the NBC sports family with the entire IndyCar schedule coming to NBC next year including 
the Indianapolis 500. Also coming to the channels of NBC Universal next year, the IMSA Sports Car Series with marquee events like the Rolex 24 at Daytona, 12 hours of Sebring and Petit Le Mans. This is really exciting news. Kelly, I want to bring you and Steve in on this because this is where you and I first started working together uh, on sports cars, whether it be uh, before the amalgamation of Grand Am and, and the American Le Mans Series, but now it's all one as IMSA. So for you and I, it's kind of like old days. It's, it's going to be fantastic. It is, and I'm so excited. I hope we get to bring this to a new audience because, as you said, these marquee events, you can't overstate that, Steve. When you've got the best drivers in the world from Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, <clears throat> excuse me, DTM, everywhere around the globe that want to be a part of the Rolex 24, Sebring uh, 12 Hours, and Petit Le Mans, uh, it's a spectacle. Well, and, and as a race fan, while I grew up in NASCAR, I was able to watch these other series, and IMSA was spectacular. I was able to go to the 24 Hours uh, down in Daytona with Jeff Gordon in 2007 mm -hmm. when he drove the car. I've been down to Sebring. The Corvette guys had me down there a few years ago to watch the cars run there. So I couldn't be more excited, Lee, to not only get to watch it now, but hopefully get out to the track and maybe cover some of it. And there's been some terrific crossover, too, from NASCAR and all, all forms of motorsport IndyCar drivers who have achieved success, particularly at the Rolex 24 yep. at Daytona. But uh, IMSA is very exciting for the future. We need to turn now back to the Monster Energy Cup Series. And as you can see, six drivers have virtually guaranteed their playoff spots with wins, including Sunday's winner at Talladega, Joey Logano. Meanwhile, from 13th place, Alex Bowman on down. It is a tight race that's brewing for those last spots in the top 16. Now, Parker, as we mentioned at the top of the show, 10 races in. I want to ask you, when you look at that, when you look at those playoff standings and you think about, you know, first 10 races in, what you had your mindset on going into the season to what we've witnessed thus far, is it about what you expected? Is it completely different to what you expected? Well, I really expected maybe a little bit more parity. You know, I didn't expect Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick to have the wins that they had so quickly and to group so many together like they did. You know, when I look at guys like Ryan Blaney at Team Penske and Alex Bowman over there in the 88 and Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones at JGR, I just expected to see some of these young guys rise up a little sooner and go out there and get some victories early in the season like we saw Austin Dillon do at the Daytona 500. You know, I think I just expected maybe a little bit more out of them quicker, but what they've allowed is some of these veterans to go out there and rack up so many wins that it's held us back from having that parity. And it's now opened up this points battle that we're seeing right now for the playoff spots that if, if we don't get all those winners that we're seeing that we, I thought we'd see, then I believe that we will definitely end up with a very competitive points battle going into the playoffs. And Steve, I always like to think back to, you know, your crew chiefing days and when you were responsible for, for your part of the Hendrick empire, you had all of your ducks in a row, so to speak, but you don't control the other teams. And that's what makes a racing season fascinating. You know, the ebb and flow of your competitors and, and whatever you do. So what's your take on this now 10 races in? Uh, really, my in instant take is the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's the same names at the front. And I really think that has something to do with um, as much as everybody wants to make it an equipment advantage, I just think that Kyle Busch is that good. And I think Martin Trex Jr. and Cole Porn, that, that combination is that good. The one thing that did surprise me, though, is I thought Chevrolet would have found an advantage with the new car, Kelly. I really thought we were going to see more speed out of there. But instead, Stuart Haas Racing is the company that found the advantage, and they... Kevin, I think we always expected, but really the entire camp has improved. Yeah, I know a lot of people were really looking forward to that new Chevy package. Thought there might be some growing pains, but at 10 races into the season, you've got to start seeing a little more performance out of them. When I look at the surprises for me, instead of uh, 
drivers who haven't performed as well as I thought. I look at a couple drivers that have done even better than I expected them to, and that for me would be Eric Almirola making that switch over to Stuart Haas Racing in the 10 car. Obviously, it was it's better equipment than what he's been in, but um, I feel like he's just been in the mix week in, week out. He's already got four top tens when he had six all of last season. Uh, so for him to make that transition has been really good. And the other one for me is Bubba Wallace in that 43. Yeah. To move up to Cup, to see that petty car back up, leading. By the way, he's led more laps this season than Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> which isn't hard to do because Jimmy hasn't led a lap. But, but Bubba's led 11 laps this season. And I really think that excites the crowd. And he's obviously an excitable character, too, uh, even away from the track. But I've been really, really happy to see Bubba Wallace uh, performing so well. And, you know, William Byron, while we haven't seen a lot out of him early in the season, I think the last two weeks or three weeks have really turned the corner. We saw him actually lead some laps, run towards the front. I won't say lead some laps, but run up inside the top five, top eight. And I think that's what he has to do to improve. I think he's doing that. I expect a lot of him out of the, you know, second half of the season. And how about his other young teammates um, in the 88 car, Alex Bowman? He's just been very steady. Probably no pressure and, taking over that yeah, ride. No, there was none, right? <laughs> I mean, you can speak to that. Um, and, again, while it hasn't been super flashy, he's just been out there and consistently putting together good finishes. He's right there in the playoff mix. It's still early in the season, but I think he's done a really respectable job taking, uh, filling those big shoes. Yeah, it sounds silly, Lee, but the truth is these big names like Kyle Busch, Truex, and Harvick winning all these races, I think has actually taken a little pressure off the younger drivers. You know, it'd be one thing okay. if Suarez had won or if, or if Chase Elliott had won or Eric Jones had won, but since they're not winning, right. the next wave, the William Byrons, the Bubba Wallaces, mm -hmm. I think they can operate a little bit more in the shallow end of the pool. Yeah, but what kind of pressure do you want, Steve? My gosh, do you want, you know, <laughs> if they win races, then they're at the front, obviously doing the, you know, getting the pressure of actually being in the playoffs and knowing that they're going to be fighting for a championship. And now when you don't have as many winners, they're going to be in a battle for these playoff spots against guys like Jimmy Johnson. You know, I mean, that's, that's a very tough team to go up against and a tough driver to be up against when you find yourself racing to be a part of the playoffs. So I think it's, uh, it's definitely turning out to be a very interesting scenario as we go into the summer months. So you think about this from a driver's perspective. Steve, you think about this from a crew chief's perspective. You know, and there's a little bit of a theme that, that we're talking about at the moment, new faces, new places. But Kelly mentioned that, you know, she was impressed with the 10 of Eric Almirola and the 43 of Bubba Wallace. But that's just, you know, you know, that's where Eric came from, from yeah. Richard Petty Motorsports, and he's gone there. So is a chain of, change of scenery a, a motivating factor? Is it just it keeps it fresh? Well, we have to remember that Richard Petty Motorsports also did a, a massive uh, redesign of their organization. They joined Richard Childress Racing in affiliation, sure. moved up their campus in that area. So I think that team is far the, or vastly different than what Eric Omarola had last right. year. But we know Eric Omarola took a big jump in performance going to Stuart Haas Racing, having the chance in that 10 car. I mean, it's, it's, it's shown. We, I think a lot of people felt like he had that talent that he's been showing, but he just didn't have the equipment to show it, and now he's got, he has it. Steve, you agree? Well, yeah, I think variety is the key. I mean, when I made the move to Dale Jr., it was just a reorganization within Hendrick Motorsports. Alan Gustafson got Jeff Gordon. I got Dale Jr. So just some new faces, new communication, and it helped really the entire company. But I will say, you know, Parker kind of hedges his bets that we're not going to have a lot of winners. <laughs> I wouldn't have that bet quite yet. Remember, the summer <laughs> is filled with variety. We haven't right. been to a road course yet. We haven't been to what I call the oddballs yet, Pocono, Indy, these very odd-shaped racetracks. So while I appreciate the big guys winning races, <laughs> I still think we're going to have 10, 11, even 12 winners before we see the playoffs. We I will hope so. See. I want to see it. I like winners. We'll see.
Well, something we do need to tell you about is the Comcast Community Champion of the Year Award. It recognises those in the NASCAR industry with remarkable stories who give back. And this year, the award has some exciting new twists. We'll explain when the show returns. We have some special news to announce. For the fourth straight year, Comcast will be presenting the Comcast Community Champion of the Year Award, which recognises and honours the incredible individuals in the NASCAR industry that give back to the community. Once again, three finalists will be chosen, and as part of the award, Comcast will make a donation of $60,000 to the selected charity of the 2018 Comcast Community Champion and $30,000 to the two remaining finalists' respective charities. This year, two new and exciting elements are being introduced to the program. All NASCAR officials and motorsport media members are now eligible and fans will have the opportunity to submit their nominations and you can do that by visiting comcastcommunitychampion.com. We have seen remarkable stories from the past three years, including last year's champion, the Chip Ganassi Racing Pit Crew, who dedicated their time to helping countless families in the Charlotte area. We have our friends from Chip Ganassi Racing with us today. We're so glad you guys are here today. This is incredible. How many guys do you have with you? Uh, it's about 20, 25. Yeah. We've got four crews of six. They're getting to be regulars around here. I know our men, they always ask if it's a football team here, but nope, it's a racing team. They have cleaned out old dormitories. They've done a lot of tough work. They installed a new floor in our gym. They're just incredibly hardworking guys. It started fairly small. It started with Wheels uh, on Wheels. Um, when Columbia flooded, we took all the guys down there with pickup trucks and chainsaws and helped kind of clean up. So we, we look for really unique places and try to look for needs. And one of them was coincidentally related to a sponsor that had a need for, for toys for Christmas. At the Ronald McDonald House, um, we really wanted to have the families wake up on Christmas morning and have bikes. We have 28 families here at any time. And the Ganassi team showed up one day uh, with more than 28 bikes of every shape and size, every color. We walked in there with probably like 50 bicycles last year and filled up their, their toy storeroom. With the $60,000 donation the team received from Comcast, the Chip Ganassi Racing Pit Crew continued their long-standing work with Ronald McDonald House of Charlotte and used it to buy even more bicycles for the children staying there. It's a terrific story. And in 2015, Xfinity Series driver Joey Gase was the inaugural award winner. Joey lost his mother, Mary Jo, to a brain aneurysm when he was just 18 years old, and he was faced with the decision of donating her organs. He later found out that the decision he made helped save and improve the lives of some 66 people. Joey now meets with individuals to promote and encourage organ donation. And we are now joined live by Joey Gaze on the line. Joey, again, congratulations on being the first winner of the Comcast Community Champion Award. I can only imagine what an honour it was to win this, especially with your mum in mind. Yeah, it really was an amazing, amazing thing for me and my family. Um, I mean, just to be one of the three finalists was, was amazing. And uh, to be able to go to the award banquet and just be one of the finalists, I mean, I never thought I was 
I was going to have a chance to win. And they, when they, they called my name, it was a, a very amazing night. And uh, what the award has been able to do for Iowa Donor Network and just organ donation in, in general has been huge. Tell us how winning that award has helped you and with what you're doing with the cause of what, you, what you're trying to do. Uh, it helped in many different ways. I mean, uh, one of the biggest ways was, I mean, just all the media coverage we, we got from receiving the award at the banquet on being uh, on national TV and then just everything uh, Comcast has done to con- help us uh, continue to promote organ donation from uh, just every weekend at the racetrack, from appearances and, and just things like this right now. And uh, the other uh, other huge thing was the $60,000 donation to uh Iowa Donor Network. Uh, Iowa Donor Network was able to do a lot of different things marketing-wise and inside the organization to uh, promote organ donation and also honor those that have been affected by it and, and let let everyone know that uh, once you're an organ donor, you're never forgotten and that uh, we they make sure to take care of the family members as well. And uh, it's been amazing to see how far everything has come since 2015 and, and how many other people have won the award and everything's done for them as well. Well, there are a lot of grateful recipients out there for that decision you made and what you're currently doing. But give us an update. What are you currently working on uh, and what is the focus at the moment with your community efforts? Yeah, uh, starting, I think it was last year, we started this uh, this new campaign called Handprints of Hope. And uh, what we do with that is that we actually take our car um, that we're going to be racing that weekend to, a, to an appearance. It can be at a hospital, it can be at a high school, it can be really really anywhere and what we do with that is uh, we invite anyone that's affected by organ donation either you're on the wait list your loved one um, was an organ donor or you're just a registered organ donor yourself and uh, you get to come out and take your hand and put your handprint on my race card and, and write a small message and it, it does a bunch of different things um it, it's really emotional for a lot of people that do it and they really get impacted by it and uh, not only that it turns a lot of heads and in, in media uh, at the racetrack it's uh, very rare to see handprints all over a race car a lot of people think it's just stickers and then uh, when they get up close to it they actually see it's real pain and, and real handprints and they get to read all the small messages and see why organ donation is, is so important yeah much uh, a much deeper message hey before we let you go we have to ask you about your season full-time in xfinity and you just ran in cup this past weekend in talladega yeah, the season so far has been uh, my best season yet um, in, in NASCAR. Uh, we, we're with the new team, uh, Go Green Racing, and uh, we're fortunate enough to have a Sparks Energy team up with us for the entire year. And uh, we've we've been able to do many big things this year. Uh, we were able – I got my first ever stage points uh, last weekend in Talladega when we got ninth in the second stage, and I thought we really had a, a great shot at winning the thing or getting a really good finish. And, unfortunately, we got caught with uh, a speeding penalty penalty there at the end on on pit road but uh, we have a lot of top 20 finishes this year so far that we're really proud of and, and we're hoping to start breaking to the top 15s here soon and uh, to be able to do the cup race uh, last sunday in talladega was also i mean great be able to race with those guys and and learn what the new package is like and i mean just to race at a, a track that's so famous like Tal- talladega super speedway was just an amazing experience joey thanks so much for your time today and uh, all the best with the rest of the season All right, thank you so much, guys. Joey Gase, the inaugural Comcast Community Champion Award recipient. And once again, if you want to nominate a deserving candidate and learn more about this wonderful award, visit comcastcommunitychampion.com.
Now looking ahead, Miles the Monster is waiting for NASCAR's best. Will Chase Elliott finally get win number one or will his teammate and seven-time champ Jimmy Johnson break through this Sunday and grab a playoff spot? Our Dover preview is next. Last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Alexander Ovechkin scored with just over a minute left to give the Capitals a Game 3 win and a 2-1 series lead against the Penguins. And with the Winnipeg whiteout in effect, Blake Wheeler scored the go-ahead goal to help the Jets fly by the Predators and take a 2-1 lead in their series. Tonight, the playoffs continue here on NBCSN with Game 3 between the Lightning and the Bruins, followed by Game 4 between the Golden Knights and the Sharks. Coverage begins with NHL Live right after we're done here on NASCAR America. Now, recapping today's big story, Xfinity Series driver Spencer Gallagher, who won last weekend at Talladega, has been indefinitely suspended for violating NASCAR's substance abuse policy. Gallagher has agreed to enter the sports road to recovery program and is expected to miss several races. NASCAR will not grant Gallagher a playoff waiver for those missed races. Following the announcement of the suspension, Spencer Gallagher issued this statement. I recently have had a positive result in a NASCAR drug screen which has violated NASCAR's substance abuse policy. I want to assure everyone in the NASCAR community this one-time error in judgment will never happen again. I'm taking steps to enrol in the Road to Recovery program supported by NASCAR. I would like to say that I am sorry to all of the GMS organisation for my actions, especially my team and team owner who have worked so hard this year and have put faith in me. I also want to apologise to NASCAR, to Chevrolet and my fans for letting them down. I've not held up that behaviour that is expected of me. I promise you all here and now, I will do whatever it takes to make this right. And we wish him well with the Road to Recovery program. There is no question that certain tracks just suit certain drivers. And ask any driver. They love going back to a track where they've enjoyed success. And with that being said, Jimmy Johnson is synonymous with success at Dover. You can call it a monster. You can call it a big racetrack made out of concrete. Call it what you want. It's flat out tough. Jimmy Johnson sweeps the monster mile this season. track that separates the men from the boys. Jimmy Johnson manhandled the field today. David Pearson and now Jimmy Johnson have won here five times. Jimmy Johnson joins NASCAR legends Bobby Allison and Richard Petty as seven-time winners. Jimmy, you whipped him today, man. For the eighth time in his career, he wins at the Monster Mile, breaking a tie with NASCAR Hall of Famers Richard Petty and Bobby Allison. Jimmy Johnson, another dominating performance and tames the monster. This track's really been a good booster for confidence uh, for the 48 since day one. Across the stripe for the 10th time in his career, Jimmy Johnson is going to victory lane. It is all over. We are coming to the checkers. You've won. me. What? For the 11th time in his career, has picked up the win here at Dover. Jimmy Johnson, the Dover Monster Master. Jimmy Johnson's career at Dover has been phenomenal. He leads all active drivers there in wins, top fives, top tens and laps led. His 11 wins make him one of just three drivers with that many victories at a single track. The others, Hall of Famers Richard Petty and Darrell Waltrip. Now, we're not up to our NASCAR fantasy pick segment just yet. That's coming, coming up, up a little later, later yeah. in the show. But... Even though this has been a very uncharacteristic beginning of the season for the 48 team, with those 11 wins, 
Can you go past Jimmy Johnson this weekend? Well, in that little piece that we just did there, recounting all his wins, that took one minute. That's how many <laughs> wins he has there. <laughs> I don't think you can. And I'll say this. I don't believe the car matters as much at Dover. I feel it's one of those few racetracks where a driver can make a massive difference in the performance of their car and of their race team by knowing the track, knowing what they need from the car, and knowing where to place the car as the track changes and the rubber lays down on the concrete. All right, time to check in with Steve and Kelly. Guys, share us your thoughts. And, and Steve, I'll just ask you. I mean, a guy that has won there 11 times, does he need to prove something that this team still has it by going out and winning again this weekend. I think his fans would love and perhaps need a win, but Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals don't need a win. They don't have to prove to each other they can win. They need to continue to improve. I know it's hard to measure when you're used to measuring Jimmy Johnson by wins and championships, but the season has been an uptick over the course of the season. They are better than how they started the season, just they haven't gone to victory lane. But Jimmy at Dover, you know, you heard Parker talk about the equipment. The best story I could say is we're in a debrief one day, and we have some big names in there. Jeff Gordon, Dale Hart Jr., Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy takes about five or six minutes with this very eloquent lap. When I get in the corner, I look around at the apex. It does this, it does that, it does this. And he had some great stuff. And I remember I looked at Dale, and I was like, is our car doing that? And Dale looked at me, and he goes, I'm not on that track. I don't know what track he's on, but I'm not even on that track. So then I looked at Jeff Gordon. I was like, well, did that make sense to you? He goes, well, I must be with Dale, or Dale Jr. because I don't know where Jimmy is either. <laughs> and my point is that, that Jimmy's approach to Dover is so unique and so special. It's not shocks and springs and aerodynamics. It's the approach. Will that get them to the victory lane? Maybe not. But we want to see an improvement. You can't go to your best track right. and run bad. So the short answer, no, they don't need to win. But the longer answer is they need to run well. Well, and as Parker was talking about, maybe alluding to the fact that this type of a track can open some things up to some other drivers who are still looking for their first win or first win in quite some time. But when I went back and looked at the results at Dover, the last time there was a winner at Dover that was not a cup champion is 2008. And it was Greg Biffle, who was a runner up to champion, yeah. you know, certainly no slouch. So what is it? I mean, how do you explain that? Other than 11 of those, of course, were Jimmy well, Johnson. I mean, Jimmy Johnson has taken a lot of those stats, but it's very simple. A lot of tracks have nicknames, and the monster is the appropriate nickname right. because that place is a monster from Friday morning. It starts with something as simple as no tunnel. So you're irritated already. You can't drive in the racetrack. You walk over the walkover before the sun's <laughs> up. You go in there. You start to work. And then when practice starts, the track is very clean. And as rubber gets put down, the handling changes. And then you think you're making gains, and then you come in the next day, and the car drives different again. And it's just an ever-changing moment. It's like trying to throw darts to a dart bar that's moving. You don't know if you're making any gains. So I think those veteran drivers, those champions that you mentioned, it's this air of confidence that makes them successful over four. You know, Dover used to be 500. Right. Thank goodness it's only 400. <laughs> 400 laps at Dover is about six or 700 laps at Kansas right. or Texas. Right. That place will just chew you up and spit you out. So I think... Veteran behind the wheel not only creates speed, but it eliminates mistakes at a place where mistakes happen quickly. Parker, are you annoyed that you have to actually walk over the bridge to get into the, the infield? You know, that's probably the least annoying thing that happens there, <laughs> aside from what actually happens on the track at times, where you find yourself wondering why your car is so loose and why it's trying to hit the wall so often, which is one of the most annoying things that often happens to me there. So that's it's just a tough racetrack. It's very tough. Well, listen, you're going to race there this Friday. In, I am, In the yes. uh, NASCAR Hopefully Camping Hopefully it doesn't world do what I just described. Truck series. So, yeah, like, I mean, what's on your mind right now heading, heading, heading there? What, what, what makes the monster monster? 
mile to monster mile. You know, the biggest thing is that it's like a roller coaster ride. It's the, the fact that you fly off in the corners and it feels like the, the ground actually falls away from you as if you were falling down a roller coaster. And you slam into the banking and when you get there, the cars, or in the truck's case, it gains a tremendous amount of grip, so it convinces you you want to be in the throttle. You want to be in it early. But as you come out of the corner, that's when the grip goes away, and it starts to release the car, and suddenly it's throwing you towards the wall, and you end up doing that lap after lap after lap, and it's just mentally draining. It's physically draining. It's one of those places that I always say when, when we talk about speed in a race car, and, and drivers and fans always wonder, what feels fast? Dover feels fast because it's tight, it's compact, and it's constantly throwing something new at you. Well, and you need to want to be there. And you would assume all the race car drivers want to be there. They're professional race car drivers. It can't be much better. But it is a physically taxing place. And when it's not good, it's even more hard to drive. So when you look at the names, Truex Jr., Larson, that run so well. I think Truex Jr., the fact that it's near his hometown, he has family there, that he wants to run well there. And that has translated... You know, we forget because he's been so great the last couple of years at the mile and a half. He didn't have a lot of wins, but they came at Dover, you know, and he always was there. Look at that. Seven top tens in the last eight races. That can't be a fluke. Not at that place, Kelly. It's so difficult. So many things can go wrong. Yeah, he's definitely one to watch for. I suspect at least a couple of us will have him on our fantasy pick roster when we get to it. Well, I'm taking notes of everybody's fantasy roster because surprisingly, <laughs> I'm not in the lead. It's been a been a long hill to climb, Lee, a long hill to climb this fantasy game. And Stevie, we will talk a lot more about that before this show today is done. So uh, take a breath. We'll be right. When NASCAR <laughs> America returns, this man here beside me, Parker Kligerman, takes you on a ride around Dover in the sim. You'll get the inside line. Stick around. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. The run for the roses is just three days away and it features one of the deepest and most talented fields in recent memory. The Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. Coverage begins Saturday at noon Eastern on NBCSN and continues at 2.30 Eastern on NBC. Part of NBC Sports Championship season brought to you by Canada Dry. While the world's best thoroughbreds will be running for the Roses, NASCAR's best drivers will take on the Monster Mile at Dover. All three national series will be in action, starting with the trucks on Friday afternoon. You can see Parker there. Time now to head over to the uh, NBC SNI Racing Simulator. And here is Parker Kligerman. So we're coming to a restart here at Dover. I'm in this third lane right now. And really, the restarts here are tough because a lot of times you find yourself restarting all the way in the banking as you fall back in the field. And even if you're up front, remember the straightaway is still banked. So it's really hard to get the power down and they have the restart zone right here at the exit of four. So as we get going, I actually spun the tires a little bit right there. It's bumpy as well. It's just a really treacherous place to try to get all 750 horsepower down these cup cars. You go off into turn one, and if you're on the bottom, you're gonna have the predominant line. You're gonna wanna be here, but you're gonna get squeezed by those outside cars. You see the car in front of me get a little loose as you pop out of the corners. That's what makes this place so incredibly tough. It's like a roller coaster ride so often. As I get to the inside here and make a bit of a move, 
I'm once again getting the inside line. This is the lane you want to be in a lot of times. Outbreaks of these guys, and now I'm going for the lead. You'll see this at times, especially if there's a lot of rubber up top. That won't be the lane you want to be in on the restart. Now, as we go off into turn three, I'm going to get the lead here, and I want to talk about a little bit about when you move your lane around, what you actually do with the pedals. As you come off turn four here right now, full throttle, if you can see on that telemetry, I'm going to go off into turn one, and it's a little bit of break, just enough to settle the nose of the car, get it on the bottom, and then I start increasing that throttle. Back to full throttle so early, and pop out of the corners. That's what makes this place so much fun for the driver. But one thing that we saw in the fall last year was Chase Elliott was leading late in the race. He was running the bottom. He was stuck to the bottom. But as we came down late in the race, Kyle Busch had found a lane, a couple grooves up, and he was using the outside lane to gain on Chase Elliott. And when he did that, one thing he did as Kyle Busch got closer is he never adjusted his lane. And as he got towards the end of the race, not adjusting his lane, he found himself getting past. So what he could have done is done what Zach what I'm doing right now, holding this car off behind me by moving my lane up. If I do that and I can do it early enough before he gets my rear bumper, I might be able to hold him off for the win, unlike Chase Elliott did in the fall. It's those types of things at Dover that you have to do sometimes to maybe find yourself in victory lane. Parker, thanks so much. Stick around, folks. Our Dover NASCAR fantasy picks are up next. Tonight, the second round of the playoffs continues. After splitting the first two games in Tampa, the Lightning are up in Boston for a critical Game 3 matchup against Tuka Rask and the Bruins. NHL Live gets things started next. It's now time to see where everyone stands in our NASCAR America Fantasy League. And if you haven't joined yet, you really should. So if you want in, register now at nascar.com slash NBC Sports Fantasy. All right, let's have a look at where the four of us on the show today sit. Um, I'm not going to say much on the left there. Uh, it's better to be lucky than good. That's all I'm well going to say. That's all wow. I'm going to say. It won't, I'm not going to boast because it won't last long. Steve is uh, currently second of the four of us. And then Parker and Kelly are having a nice arm wrestle. Stab, what's going on? All right, I have a couple things to say. Number one, I hate that headshot of me. <laughs> and number two, I had a really rough week, number one, but I've been digging myself out of the hole. The fact that I even cracked the top 1,000 was kind of a miracle after my first I'll week. I'll back her up. It was a rough first week. <laughs> and by the way, Parker, one point separates us, so if nothing else, my goal is to beat you by I the end a, of the season. Well, I had a rough week two, three, and four, so I'm, <laughs> <Okay>. I'm, I'm <laughs> struggling a little bit. Yeah. All right, Kelly, you keep the ball. What are you looking at this weekend? Who are your drivers? Who are your picks? All right, I, I feel really good about this week at Dover, and I've started with Jimmy Johnson, who's won there 11 times. I don't care what he's done to date this season. I'll never count him out at the Monster Mile. You see Chase Elliott there, who has finished in the top five every single time. He's raced there at the cup level. Martin Turex Jr., who's top 10 after top 10, including a win. Um, Kyle Larson has had a number of runner-up finishes. I think it's his time to break through. Kyle Busch is kind of feast or famine at Dover. I think he might get his feast um, on Sunday. And then in the garage, Clint Boyer, who loves a, a good short track. So maybe if I need to sub him in, uh, that's what I'm going with. How about you, Steve? Well, Kelly, I think I'm going to have to start hiding my notes because my team <laughs> looks a lot like your team. And I think it has to do with uh, maybe you're, you're sneaking a peek. But much like you, I have a few cornerstone drivers. And it actually starts 
with a Hendrick Motorsports driver and Chase Elliott in the number nine. His numbers at Dover are outstanding, as you mentioned, inside the top five every time he's run there. Martin Trex Jr., I think this is officially his home track. I think he has three or four, but right. this is officially his home track, according to Rick Allen. Larson runs so great there. Keselowski, Hamlin, their numbers speak for themselves. And unfortunately for Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time champ, 11-time Dover winner, I believe he's going to run good. But he's going to have to show me something in the first two stages so I can take him out of the garage. But right now, I have him sitting on jack stands, laying in wait. He's waiting his turn. Seems right, to be some right. familiarity, commonality yes. with the picks. Well, guys, you know what's best about going last? I could steal all of your picks and assemble <laughs> my team, which I start with Kyle Busch. I believe he will have another successful weekend. I just believe that team is very hot right now. I've got Martin Truex Jr. I've got Kyle Larson. I love what he does at Dover, the way he moves his line around. He's going to be fast. Beside him, I've got Ryan Blaney. I have Ryan Blaney because of his run at Bristol. I know one's a very short track and one's a little bit larger, but they're both concrete, and I saw a lot out of that 12 car at Bristol. Then I have, yes, Mr. 11-time himself, or 7-time champ, but 11-time winner, Jimmy Johnson. And sitting in my garage, because I'm feeling so confident about those other picks, is Chase Elliott, who you guys noted has been really good at Dover. So like we said, there's a fair bit of crossover here with our picks. <laughs> I'll go to my picks heading into Dover this weekend. Hopefully I can still keep the lead within our group. We will see. Cross fingers. And uh, I, too, uh, have... Jimmy Johnson in there, but not as my number one. I think the race winner will be Martin Truex Jr. in the 78, especially after last weekend at Talladega, voicing his displeasure and yes. that really rough run. But, you know, he does he does very well there. Kyle Busch is having a tremendous season and also performs well at Dover. I really feel strong uh, about Chase Elliott, not only, as Kelly mentioned, with his track record there, four races that he's done, and he's had four top five results, which is very consistent. You can't look past Jimmy Johnson to be somewhere in the mix 32 starts at Dover with 11 wins. That's an incredible, that's a ridiculous winning percentage. Can never uh, count out the four. And then I think Kyle Larson's got some good things coming as well, but I'll have him as my garage driver. So I think I like your team better. I'm changing mine. I wish you all good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sincerely. Thanks, guys, and thank you for watching today's show. That's all we have for on NASCAR America. And for all your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We are back again on Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. It's another big night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and NHL Live gets you started right now. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.